like Mark said, we're in the middle of a series called, And He Shall Be Called. And through this series, we're taking a look at one verse in the Old Testament book of Isaiah. And I know you may be thinking, well, one verse doesn't seem like a lot, but there is a lot of truth and a lot in this verse. And so we wanted to spend a couple weeks and unpack it together and uh, really dig into it. And the verse is this, uh, it's Isaiah 9, chapter 6, it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There's a lot I want to talk about today, so I'm just going to dive right in, point A. Um, here we go. There's a, a few things we know about this verse. First of all, Isaiah, who's the one who spoke this verse, is a prophet of God. And a prophet's job description, their whole purpose is to speak the word of God. Whatever God tells them to say, they say it. Good news or bad news, that's what they do. So it's kind of easy to tell that prophets weren't always the most popular of people. But whatever they were told to say, they said it. We also know that this verse is a prophecy spoken in Isaiah. It's a prophecy, in this case, about a birth, about somebody who's going to be apparently a big deal, somebody we know to be Jesus. And it's interesting to know that this prophecy was spoken about 700 years before Jesus was born. So that's pretty cool. And the other thing we know is that Isaiah is speaking this prophecy during a time where things are really rough for his people, where his people are really going through a hard time. And while this verse serves many purposes, the one that I love the most is that it provides hope. What Isaiah is saying to his people and those around him, he's saying, listen, I know things are rough right now. I know times are hard and it's difficult, but someone is coming who's going to change everything. Someone is coming who's going to change everything. And I believe that message is just as true today. I believe that he's telling us that someone is coming. Someone can come into your life who can change everything. Someone who can be a wonderful counselor to you. Someone who can be a mighty God, who can be an everlasting father. And somebody who can be a prince of peace. And he didn't just pull these titles out of air. These are key characteristics about God. So what we want to do is we want to spend a week with each one and dive into it so we can learn more about who God is, and so we can try and better understand him. Not that we fully can, but the more we know about him, the better we can, and our view of God helps determine how we interact with him, so the more we can know, the better. And just a side note, um, the message on Everlasting Father is actually not going to be live here at Wakefield, so if you want to listen to that message, it's going to be on our iTunes or on our website. You can go to lifepointchurch.com slash listen, or you can find us in iTunes and listen to our podcast. So that'll be online uh, coming up this week sometime. And then on Christmas Eve, which is Friday, right? Yeah. Christmas Eve, we'll be finishing the series talking about Prince of Peace, which is really exciting. But today, we're talking about Mighty God. And I don't know if it's just because I'm a guy or what, but I like to think about how strong God is. I like to think about the strength and the mightiness. I like to think, you know, Jesus walking around in Jerusalem with like a sleeveless t-shirt on, and somebody's like, hey, Jesus, where's the temple? And he's like, over there. You know, uh, he probably didn't do that, but I can imagine But what I want to do today is take a journey through Scripture, take a journey through God's Word so we can learn more about this mighty God and learn more about His power. And so what I want to do real quick is I want to get a Bible in your hand. So if you don't have a Bible or you just forgot yours or you don't own one and you want to borrow one, the ushers are going to have some and uh, you feel free to take one of those. Uh, If you don't have one, please accept this as our gift to you. Uh, We believe the words in there are true, going to have an eternal impact 
on your life. So uh, please feel free to take one of those. If you just want to borrow it, you take it and set it on the, uh, on the counter on your way out. But, but like I said, I, I, in this journey, I hope that we can learn about God's power and we can learn that it's alive, that it's real, and that it's not always shown in the way we'd like to see it or in the way we want to see it. And I don't know where you're at this morning, but maybe you walked in here not feeling the power of God. Maybe, maybe it's hard for you to believe or to trust in the power of God because of what's going on in your life today. Maybe you're like me, and sometimes when I look around the people around me or around the world, and I see all the pain and suffering, I just want to yell, God, where is your power? Can't you see the pain? Can't you hear the cries? Don't you see the suffering? God, where are you, and where is your power? Maybe that's your question today. Maybe you've been seeking out God's power for your life with no answers. Maybe you've been searching and searching for the power of God in your life and nothing's happened. Maybe your marriage is a mess. Or maybe you've lost your job or just hate your job. Or maybe going to school for you is a nightmare. Or maybe you're having a terrible time with your kids. Or you've gotten bad news from a doctor recently. Maybe you've had a dream for your life that doesn't seem to be coming true in any way. Or maybe you've had a string of bad relationships and you can't seem to break out of this cycle. Or maybe Christmas time being here doesn't bring you joy and happiness, but it highlights your loneliness or your weakness. Whatever it is, my hope for you today is to know that we serve a mighty God who cares deeply for you, who is all-powerful. Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen says, Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power an outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. So what's too hard for God? Nothing. What's too hard for God? Nothing. So if your marriage is a wreck, nothing is too hard for God. If you lost your job, nothing is too hard for God. If you've gotten a bad report from the doctor and they say there's no hope, listen, there's nothing too hard for God. Your relationship's crumbling around you. There's nothing too hard for God. And it doesn't matter where you are or what you're going through, there's nothing too hard for our mighty God. And because he's mighty, because he's so big, people have tried throughout centuries to understand him better, to come up with words to describe him. And while no amount of words will do, some people have come up with some really good ones. And there's a set of words around this Latin word called omni, which means, translates all. And there's a set of words that really give us a glimpse into who God is. I think they're really cool. The first one is that God is omnipresent, which means God is everywhere. That God is always with you. That no matter where you go, God is present there with you. And we think Starbucks has it figured out, right? Because there's one there, there's one there, there's one there, there's one there. But God is one God who is everywhere all the time. He is everywhere. Next one is that he's omniscient, which means he's all-knowing. He knows your thoughts. He sees what you're thinking. He knows what you're thinking and what that does to you mentally and psychologically, emotionally and spiritually. He knows your thoughts. The next one is that he is omnipotent, which means he can do all things. He is almighty. And the Bible is full of signs and wonders. And this world is full of signs and wonders and miracles and lives that are living proof, living examples of the power of God. And I love, love to be able to look at someone's life and to see where they are today and know that there's no way without the power of God where they could be where they are today. That if it weren't for the power of God, they can't be here. I knew, I know that's true in my life. There's no way I could be where I am today if it weren't the power of God working in my life. 
Maybe that's you today. Maybe you can look at your life and you know you've seen your past, you know what you've gone through, and you know that there's no way you could be where you are today if it weren't for the power of God working in your life. You need to tell that story because you are a living example of the power of God. Share that story. But because of these characteristics, because of what we learn in Scripture, because of how we've seen God work and how he's continuing to work in the lives of people there's three spiritual truths that, that I want to share with you today about the power of God. Three things that I think we need to know about how God uses his power. And the first one is that God's power is working for you. God's power is working for you. Isaiah chapter 40 is this section of scripture that talks about how big God is. It talks about how strong he is, how mighty he is throughout creation. Just all the big and mighty things about him. And then it, Towards the end, it talks about what he does with his power. Isaiah 40, starting at verse 29, it says, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not go, grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I love this. It says so much about the character of God. Because he who is all-powerful, he who is almighty, who has all strength, what does he decide to do with his power? He gives it away. He increases the power of the weak, gives strength to the broken. And I'm sure some of you may be struggling with the youth's grow tired and weary part, and you're thinking, my kids never grow tired and weary. Or maybe you've played Ultimate Frisbee with somebody who's younger than you, and you're like, they never grow tired and weary. But this may help or make it worse, I don't know, but the Hebrew word there is actually, for youth, is more describing like an Olympic athlete. So he's talking about the best of the best, the strongest, the most powerful. And what he's saying is that it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter your physical ability, you will grow tired and weary. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you're broken, you're tired, you're weary. Maybe it took everything in you just to get here today. Our mighty God gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the broken and the burdened. And those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Maybe you need your strength renewed today. I know there's been times in my life where I've said, God, if there's ever a time for you to show up, if there's ever a time for you to show your power, you know, to fire fall from heaven, whatever it is, it would be in this situation. Like this thing right here, God, you know, Time to step up. And most of the time, you know what would happen in those situations? I would pray and i pray. You know what would happen most of the time? Nothing. I know, it's encouraging, right? Nothing would happen. And then I would realize, I'd look back and be like, man, what happened? And I realized that, that what I was wanting to use God's power for was for my own desires, for my own purposes. And I realized that God's power wasn't working for my situation or for my circumstance, that his power was working for me. Not to change my circumstance, not to make life any easier for me, but to change me, to make me stronger when I was weak. He was working for me. He was giving me strength in my weakness so I could get through the circumstances. And that's what he does for us. He gives us strength to get through when, when we are weak. So we need to know that no matter what, that God's power is working for you, that our mighty God cares deeply for you. The next thing you need to know about God's power is that it is working in you. God's power is at work in you. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you 
to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. If we will allow it, God's power will work in us to change us and to help us fulfill the good purpose he has for our lives. And, and what, like I've learned, it's not always to make our lives easier, not always to take away the things that bring us down, but it's to change us through those situations. You know, maybe today you think God has forgotten about you. Maybe you think God has put you on a shelf or left you out to dry. Say, you need to know that God's power can work in you, not always to change your circumstances, but to change you through them. You know, um, some of you may know that Cynthia and I are wedding photographers, and we wanted to do something with our photography, something for good. And so us and a couple friends held this event called Help Portrait at the Raleigh Rescue Mission in downtown Raleigh. And uh, the whole purpose of this event was to uh, find someone in need, take their portrait, print their portrait, and deliver their portrait. And we went the whole nine. I mean, we had makeup artists, hairstylists, we set up, set up photo lights, and we had backdrops, and we had on-site editing and printing, and we had people donate frames, and we had people donate food and snacks for everybody who came. And it was a great time. I think our team's up there. Yeah, there they are. Look at that. That's cool. We had a great time. And what I loved about this event is people came and we set this up for people to come and feel special and to feel beautiful and to feel valued. And hopefully people walked away changed from that. But what I love even more is that those of us who, who set this up and put this event on, we walked away changed. That God worked in us and we expected, we weren't ready for that. And I wanted to share with you a message I got from one of the girls who uh, was the hairdresser when the hairdresser's there, she's actually mine and Cynthia's hairdresser. So there you go. Anyway, uh, this is what she said. She said, uh, I know I had this incredible opportunity to use my talent to change lives today. But as I was serving, I realized God was changing me. I know I already said thanks, but I want to say thanks again for letting me join you guys and get my serve on. It's good stuff. So she allowed God's power to work in her. When we thought it was not about us, God's power worked in her and worked us. And when you allow God's power to work in you, it can change you to make you more like him. And what I've noticed about God's power is that it isn't always in these big, huge, monumentous things. Uh, and it definitely does happen, but I've searched and I've thought long and hard about these moments where it was just, you know, like the healed or the power of Christ compels you kind of moments. And I've looked for those in my life that I couldn't find many. And what I realized is that God's power has been working in my life through relationships through the situations that I've gone through, through conversations, through reading his word and prayer. And God's been changing me through those situations. That his power has been working through those things in me. And I know there's no way that I could be where I am today if it weren't for God's power working in me through those little things. So instead of waiting, say, God, you know, let fire fall or something, you know. Let's look at the, the little things and how God's shaping us in our everyday lives. It's how he's working in us to change us, to making us more like him. So God's power is working for you. So when you're weak, you can be strong. God's power is working in you to change you, to make you more like him. And the third one is that God's power is at work through you. God's power is at work through you. Acts 1.8 says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. Last week, our youth pastor, Todd, talked about the Holy Spirit and how there's this relational aspect and this counseling aspect to the Holy Spirit when he comes and lives inside of you. And it's a beautiful relationship, and it's amazing to have that. But there's also a power that comes with having the Holy Spirit live inside of you. Second Timothy 1 says, 
1.7 says, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Every one of you, if you are a follower of Christ, the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. And with him comes power. A power that can be used to change lives. A power that can be used to show love. A power that can be used to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. And each one of us, each one of you have been given gifts from God. A gift that is from God. And with those gifts come power. A power that can be used to help people connect to him. A power that can be used so people can know him through it. A power that God can work through. And it's, you know, Cynthia and I knew that our gift of photography was just that. It was a gift. We, knew, we didn't go to school for it. And, you know, we're not the greatest at it. You know, we love it and we have a good time with it. But we knew it was a gift. And we knew, and our hairdresser, she knew that her talent for doing hair was a gift. I mean, come on, really, right? right? Uh, sorry. Um, but she knew that her talent was a gift. And it's not that we're anything special, but we knew that God's power could work through our gifts to bring hope, to bring joy, to make people feel valued and special, and to help people connect to him. So I want you to ask yourself this morning, is what is my gift? What is your gift? What is it that you are able to do or that you have a, a talent for or that you just are that God's power can work through? What is that thing or maybe multiple of things? Are you a mom or a dad? Are you a student? Are you a cook? Or are you a mechanic? Or do you own a business? Or whatever it is. God sent his son, and his son sent the Holy Spirit. And he sends us into this world as missionaries into our daily lives to use our gifts to bless others, to use our gifts to allow him to work through to change the world. I know that seems like a big thing, and it's like, well, how can we change the world? But God gives us gifts to work through everyday circumstances. He gives us our gifts so his power can change people's lives, the people that we meet, the people that we know. And it doesn't matter if you're going to Darfur or to downtown Raleigh. We need to know that the gifts we've been given can be used with God's power to change lives, to bring hope, to bring healing to families, to bring healing to relationships, to bring healing to lives. And that he can work through us if we will let him. And what's even better is not only do we go as missionaries, but we go as ministers of the gospel. If you are a follower of Christ, you are a minister of the gospel. And you may, be, you may think that that title is held for certain specific people, but listen to this, 1 Peter 2.9 says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You are a royal priesthood a minister with the power of God. And you can be the hands and feet of Jesus in your daily lives. And you may be thinking you're just living an ordinary life in an ordinary role. We follow an extraordinary God who specializes in the ordinary. A God who specializes in taking ordinary people and doing extraordinary things through them because of his power. You know, when Jesus was here, he chose 12 people, 12 guys to, to follow him around, to learn from him. And these weren't the brightest of the bunch. Okay, these guys were just fishermen, they were tax collectors who stole money from their friends. They weren't, they weren't the best of people. But through God's power, they changed the world. This morning, God is choosing you. You need to know that God is choosing you. And he's chosen you to be an example of his power in your daily lives, in your home, 
in your relationships, at your workplace, wherever you go with your friends and with your family. He's choosing you to be an example of his power in your life, to bring love, to bring care, to bring healing, and to help people know him. God's power is real, and it's available to us. And what I love and probably most thankful for is that we don't have to have it all together to be able to have access to God's power. You don't have to be perfect because I would fail. And even Paul, who's like a big deal in the Bible, wrote like over half the New Testament, wasn't perfect. He had weaknesses and he prayed and begged God to take away his weakness. In 2 Corinthians, he begs God three times to take away what he calls a thorn in his side. And God says back to him in 2 Corinthians 12, God says, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. God says, my grace is all you need. Because when you're weak, then my power can shine. So Paul replies, he says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When was the last time you felt that way about your weaknesses, about the pain or difficulty or the hardships in your life? It's been a while for me. See, Paul asked God to take away his handicap. And instead of doing that, God used Paul's handicap to show his power. See, when we're at our weakest, during our lowest of points, during the hardest of times, when we're most broken, it is then that God's power can be made perfect through those weaknesses. And maybe today you understand full well the weakness. Maybe you understand what it means to have pain and hardships and difficulty. Maybe that is what defines your life right now. God says, my power is made perfect in weakness. Not because I want you to be weak, but because when you're weak, then I can be strong through you. So that we can say, for when I am weak, then I am strong. How much more could we be and do if we allowed the power of God to work through us? Us here today, how much more could we be and do in the lives of those around us if we allowed God's power to work through us to change lives, to bring healing, to bring hope, to bring love, to bring God to the people around us? How much more could we do if we allowed God's power to work for us? so that when we are weak, we can be strong. If we allowed God's power to work in us, to change us, to make us more like him, and if we allowed God's power to work through us and to do extraordinary things in our lives, to do extraordinary things in our homes, in our city, and in our world, if we will allow him, our mighty God will work in amazing ways in our lives. He will do mighty things in your life and to the lives of those around you if you will allow him. He can be your mighty God today and forever if you will allow him. Let's pray. God, we are just, I'm just taken aback by how mighty you are. I I know I like to think of you as my best friend and how buddy-buddy we are. And, And while that's true, God, help me not forget how awesome you are how holy and powerful you are. God, help us not forget that you are all that is strong. God, when we are at our weakest, 
at our lowest of points. Help us remember that it is in our weaknesses that we have the opportunity for your power to work through it. God, we're just so grateful for your love. As we remember during Christmas, God, we thank you for sending your son who took the biggest of burdens on his shoulders so that we could be connected to you, so that we could live with you. God, we are grateful for that. So God, I pray today as we leave this place, you'll help us remember that you are mighty and you can be mighty through us. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray. Amen.